Welcome to the Royal Cruise Cast by RoyalCruiseBlog.com. We're here to help you get the most out of your next Royal Caribbean cruise vacation so you can have an amazing time on board and in the ports of call. Here you'll learn everything you'll need to know about cruising with Royal Caribbean. We'll talk about planning, booking, shore excursions, food, beverages, answer your questions, and have the occasional guests. We're your hosts, Saplin Rob. Welcome aboard. Well, welcome to our very first podcast. We're glad you're here. So in honor of our first podcast, I'm going to ask a question to you. And I've asked it online in our Facebook group, Royal Cruise Group. Why is cruising your happy place? Well, it's the best bang for your buck, you know, personally. Uh, I like an all-inclusive resorts and there just isn't an all-inclusive resort to be found anywhere, basically in the country. Isn't there? And there's one, though, in Florida. Yeah, there is one. In, it it's Club Med. You know, I'm a native Floridian, so, you know, personally, I'd rather, you know, be on a ship, get to unpack once and wake up every day in a new uh, locale. And I enjoy the service, the food, just everything. And we're boaters, too. So naturally, when we think of a vacation, we think being on the water. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, I agree with all of that. I also like that it's not like a traditional family vacation. You know, let's say the in-laws come, some cousins, maybe my brother and his kids or something. And they'd come up to visit and they were all kind of stuck with each other in my mom's house or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. So a cruise would be better because then we can get a stateroom on our own. We don't necessarily have to share something. They can, they'll probably get an interior somewhere on a different floor. And then we don't have to worry about all the drama and the nonsense. So they'll dump the kids off at the Adventure Ocean. You know, that's for the kids. And we can go have a meal or sit by the pool and not have to worry about the drama. And then when the kids start crying, <laughs> they go to their stateroom and we go to the bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is nice. But I agree with you in all those things. I, I also like that it's it's kind of like that last. What's that? Oh, I'm thinking of um, Dirty Dancing. You know, like uh, you go to that all inclusive resort and you have those themed nights and those. Kellerman's. Four- yeah, yeah, there, <laughs> which I heard is still op- in operation. We should check that place out sometime. But, you know, it's like that last formal, that pl- that formal setting where you can get dressed up and I where, don't know. Where your Sunday's best. Right, right. Because actually, see, it's a little bit more than that. It's formal. Sunday's best is a little more like smart, casual or nice or. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. And of course, you get to be out in the water and I just love, you know, the water. And that's gorgeous. Let me ask you this then. Why Royal Caribbean? Oh, I, I think it's the best bang for your buck because it's not the cheapest cruise line out there. It's also not the most expensive. It's a good middle of the ground, you know, yeah. where I feel like you get a mix of uh, a bits you of get luxury quality, and... quality plus, you know, a, a decent price generally. Yeah. Yeah. That's and true. Good, and great service, you know. Yeah. And the food's good. Yeah. I can't. I can't answer this question because I've only ever been on Royal. I know you've been on a couple of the cruise lines, but. So I also asked this question in our uh, Facebook group, uh, the Royal Cruise group. Why is cruising your happy place? And I got quite a few funny answers or fun answers. So I'm going to read them. (laughs) Uh, Jen said, hot tubs make me happy. Mindy wrote, I've been cruising for a long time and it's my favorite type of vacation. I feel that you get the best bang for your buck. There it is again um, for your vacation. Uh, also, as working single mother of four, 
Bless you. That's tough. Uh, I was truly able to relax, didn't have to make the bed and didn't have to clean a toilet. Here, here. I am with you, Mindy. Uh, didn't have to cook a meal and the kids had a place to hang out with their friends. It was perfect. Uh, my kids are grown, but they still love cruising. That's awesome. And then here's Brian. That's, uh, that's your buddy right there. This is a good one. Katie enjoys playing slots at the Casino Royale while the kids are at the kids club and teen club. And also, as long as the wife is happy, then I'm happy and I can be in my happy place after she hits the jackpot. Here, here. Mm. <laughs> and the last one, Charnel, because it's just a nice and relaxing getaway from the everyday. Yeah. Right? I think that's great. Up next, we're going to answer some of the questions that we see come up quite a bit in our Facebook groups. If you have a comment, shout out, suggestion, or question you'd like to ask us, shoot us an email at royalcruiseblog at gmail.com. And as a special thanks for listening today, we'd like to offer you 10% off in the Royal Cruise Blog gift shop. Just use coupon code PODCAST10 at checkout. For links to the gift shop and all of our social media, visit us at royalcruiseblog.com. We were in in one of our Facebook groups today. And I saw this picture of Coco Cay and it literally looked like a hurricane was hitting it. So if you're visiting Coco Cay or Labadee and you got that expensive cabana, do you get a refund if the weather is bad? And the short answer is no. I mean, the long answer is if you planned ahead and kind of watched the forecast, you know, there was a good chance of it, of wild weather. You could cancel as long as it's at least 48 hours prior to arrival in that port of call. Does that mean just their private islands or any Royal Caribbean booked shore excursion? That would be any shore excursion that you booked. Uh, There are some exceptions to that, but it's generally 48 hours. Got it. Okay, how about this one? Here's a great question that I saw a lot of people asking over the past couple of weeks. We're going on the Oasis of the Seas out of Miami in T-minus three days. So excited. So the question I saw a lot this week was, I've been seeing a lot of people saying that they're flying into Fort Lauderdale and they're all asking the same question. How do I get there? Should I Uber? What's the best way? You know, all that stuff. So since we are South Florida, well, you're a South Florida native. I can call myself a Floridian now. Let's answer this question for everybody. There's a few different options and some of them might be more risky, but it's cheaper. Go ahead. You know, you got this. You're Mr. Navigator, Robert. I would just say that, uh, you know, it's it boils down to how much money you want to spend to get to the port and um, how fast you want to get there. So obviously, the faster you want, you're able to get there, uh, the more money it's going to take out of your pocket. So so you mean like taking it, an Uber? Yeah. So if you take a taxi cab or an Uber, that's obviously going to be the most expensive. Now, you can take a uh, the public transportation. Like the tri-rail. Yeah. So there's a, there's a shuttle from the Fort Lauderdale Airport to the tri-rail station, which is Correct. around the corner. Correct. And yeah. that'll stop all the way. It'll take you all the way to Miami, Miami Airport. Yep. You can take that all the way down to Miami Airport. And then from there, it's a flat rate of, I believe, 27 straight to Port Miami one way. So. And how much was the train fare? A couple bucks? Five bucks? Uh, yeah, you might be five bucks. Something on, like on that. On the weekends, yeah. 
Yeah. So then the other one would be maybe the Bright Line. If you want to run from downtown Fort Lauderdale straight to Government Center in Miami. And then Uber from there again. Yeah. The Bright Line stations in Fort Lauderdale, but not as close. Yeah. And it's a couple miles from the port in uh, downtown Miami. So all decent options. Some more affordable than the other. I think the tri-rail might be a bit risky, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always those things you need to watch out for. Delays. There's always traffic on the road. Yeah. Just leave early and, uh, you know, be sure to abide by your boarding time. You can probably get away with getting to the port about a half an hour prior to your your boarding time. That's probably the most I would push it. I think if you you arrive an hour or two ahead of time, uh, you're just going to be sitting around waiting to board. They won't let you on. No. Mm. So. And I've got one more question that I feel like a lot of people ask in our group and lots of other cruise groups that we're part of. Travel agent versus booking through cruise line. And and go. (laughs) No, I would say booking with a travel agent, hands down. These people are professionals and they're specialists and they know cruising like the back of their hand. And they also have access to a lot of special deals and perks that aren't just advertised out there. And they can really help you out. Sometimes you get free gratuities, different kinds of onboard credit they'll offer. So not only can you get a better deal, they can really help you find that cruise you're looking for. If you tell them your your kind of wants and needs of what you're looking for, they can point you in the right direction for the right ship, the cabin that you want to be in, so on and so forth. And you're supporting a local business. Yeah, generally, yeah. Yeah. I do remember early on in our cruising, we would book through one of those big travel agents nearby when we used to live in South Florida. And they would offer a free dining, a $100 onboard credit, the prepaid grats. And remember, they even offered a a spa session. (laughs) And I'd never used it. It was awful because they only offered one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's definitely a plus to at least explore. You could call a couple of different uh, agents and uh, just see what they have to offer, you know, for the same uh, time frame that you're looking to go and see uh, what they recommend. Yeah, and see what special perks that they're going to give. Yeah. I know that the those perks aren't as much as they used to be pre-shutdowns and stuff, but they're still there. I think they're, I think I'm starting to see them again through some travel agencies online and All right, before we go, I've got a little silly thing that I read on the interweb, on the World Wide Web, (laughs) this afternoon that I had to share. Now, this is just one of those, it's not really proven and nobody can really confirm it. There's lots of people that say yes and lots of people say no, I don't think that's true. But I think it's funny. So the origins of the word posh. So what does posh mean? You know, high society and upscale and things like that. So back in the day when Britain ruled India... Many believe that high society Brits were responsible for giving us the word posh. Now it's an acronym for port out starboard home. Supposedly this was written on the tickets for wealthy passengers. Now this meant this is, this was for the best berths on the ship because this was pre air conditioning. So the best berths were the ones that avoided the sun and there were more cooler and more desirable accommodations since fair skin denoted high status. Right. Mm -hmm. So what does port out starboard home mean? It means the wealthy passengers would board the ship on the port side and then arrive home and disembark on the starboard side. I don't know. 
I thought that was funny. So maybe that could possibly mean be where posh came from. That's possible, I guess. I don't know. I thought it was silly anyway. Well, thanks for joining us on our first Royal Cruise Cast. Yes, we're so excited to have you. And hopefully this is uh, going to be the first of many awesome and fun podcasts. Be sure to visit RoyalCruiseBlog.com for more great entertainment and ways to connect with us. Thanks for listening. 